0: Welcome to the Restoration Church weekly podcast. As you listen, we pray that you are inspired by today's podcast to pursue your God-given calling to reach just one more. Thanks for listening. Well, hey everybody. Um, Before, I'm going to preach here in a minute, but before I do that, I just uh, want to welcome all of our locations, so uh, Milton, excuse me, Milton Plymouth and Bethlehem, great to be with you guys. Before we preach, I've got a few things I want to talk about, one of them being Cuba, and uh, just want to give you an update on a couple of things, and it will be too hard to try to do that in the middle of the message or try to fit it in, so is it cool if we take some time right now and just chill, relax? Take a deep breath. Everybody, get comfortable, and let's talk for a minute. Um, obviously, I was part of the team that went to Cuba this week, and it was so good. It was such a great time. Last Sunday, I had the opportunity to uh, to preach at to preach um, a Sunday service there. Service was about three hours, and about maybe an hour and a half of that was uh, the team praying for the people in the church. And it was powerful. And it was special. It was a good time. It was, you know, our understanding of what church is like in, in other cultures or what believers are like in other cultures, I think we tend to put ourselves on pedestals you know, we're going there to help them, and we were going there to help them, but not because we were better than them, um, but just because they needed help. And God had given us the opportunity to do that. They're very the church we went to. Uh, I, I think I told you this a couple weeks ago, but just, uh, just a couple of decades ago, there were just about 800 churches in Cuba, there are over 13,000. Assembly of God churches in Cuba now, so that's just the one denomination. And we had the church project we were at, but we also went and visited a number of other churches, and every church we went to in this small community, probably like 20 minutes you know, from either our hotel or from the church we were working at, there were other ch- churches we're building. There were so many projects we could have been on. This was just the one we were assigned to. I want to show you a picture of the church because we, maybe we think of this little, teeny, this little teeny thing. And what you're looking at behind me is I, I'm, I'm standing on the, a second floor walkway that's leading to some classrooms. And what you're looking at, this picture, is a picture of the future auditorium. So what we did in our week was there. I mean, this is a, a massive project. There they were 322 people um, at their service last Sunday, and it's a, big, it's a big, growing church. And they're meeting in a temporary uh, auditorium that they've outgrown. And so where the temporary auditorium was, they have modified bus seats and tarps to, try to keep people out of the shade that was just extending as far back as the property was. This Property right here. What you see is there'll be a second-story wall and ceilings. There'll be high ceilings, and I don't know if you can see it, but in the background there, just over the red tarp, you see a straw hat. That guy was um, at that point of the project. He was building the forms for the concrete for the balcony. So again, large project, and they hope to have the 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 second-floor walls and the roof done by June if everything. Goes well, and it doesn't always. So the the entire week we were there, we were waiting for uh, dump truck loads of sand and stone to show up, and it never did because uh, they, they the driver wasn't able to get the fuel to drive the the sand there. But um, that's the next phase of the project. Is is a, a large church, a major construction project, and making a huge impact. In that region in Cuba, one of the things for me, though, that was I was great to be part of the construction project. It was great to get um, uh, uh, stomach issues and heat exhaustion. Uh, one day it was so hot there. One day, I, and I didn't feel as bad after, but but I was I was not. I kept. I, I was not doing good that day, and the missionary told us at the end of the day that the heat index was 120 degrees. We were sweating. We were, and it was quite the uh, quite the experience. But anyway, amazing project. But one of the blessings for me was being with the seven other guys on the trip, and I. I'm inviting you to go on mission trips and I'm going on these mission trips. One, it always does something necessary in my heart and my soul. And and maybe I'll talk about that again or in a minute. But I want, as I'm trying to pastor you, I'm trying to help you to become like Jesus as we've been talking about all year. I'm trying to help you to get past just being an American, just past being an American Christian and, and to recognize the kingdom of God that you're a part of. And these trips are one of the things that I've been trying to deliberately bring you on to help you to experience that. And, and man, it was a great pleasure as the pastor to see God move in these guys' lives this week. Um, and that was for me, obviously there's a lot of amazing things on the trip, but that was the greatest thing, what God did in, in these guys' hearts and lives and we're gonna go back again next October, and um, I think we're beginning to feel like this is gonna be a regular thing for us. We've got our mission to Africa that we've done every year for a couple for over a decade now, and um, feeling that this might be another avenue for us, another thing that that God's directing us to be a part of. Anyway, I pray that you'll end up going on one of these trips, that you'll push past your fear, your insecurities, your own comfort. It's an amazing thing to step into another church and realize, oh, you know, all of a sudden you just have this wow moment. Wow, God is God of all of this. And these are my brothers and sisters in Christ and they've experienced Jesus just as I have. It's, um, it, it deepens your faith in a great way. I'm running out of time here. I, I, I want to give you an update. Um, I don't know how many days ago now we started 21 days of prayer praying for an opportunity. something that we, something that's been placed in front of us as a church that we're trying to decipher and discern God is this something that you have for us? Either clear the path for us or shut the door for us and we've been praying for that. And I said, I'll give you updates as I have opportunities that I'm able to update you. I don't have any updates to update you yet. But I need you. I know we did our 21 days of prayer. 21 days have passed. This is what I need. Church, I'm asking you this week to pray for this, to pray for a response. This is what you wanna, we wanna pray this week for a response. Um, and this is, this is, to, to pray that. God, give us an answer. God, give us an answer. God, give us an answer. And um, And will you do that for me? Good. <laughs> last thing here, before we jump into the message, how long I, been? I don't know how long I've been talking. Uh, oh, shoot, too long. Um, last thing here before we talk about the message, As I've, um, you know, right before we started the series, as I've been traveling this week, uh, a a war has started in the Middle East, and it has been, um, hopefully you've allowed your heart not to just say, oh, another war, and to to detune for that, or that you've let just the, the, there's so much um, chaos and opinion and politics around it that you can detune out of this. I want to communicate this to you, all right? And I I hope that you listen. So let me give an illustration first. Sometimes when I'm mad at my wife, the problem's not my wife, the problem's me. And I've got to recognize what's really going on that's causing me to be irritated with my wife, to be, or or my kids, or my coworkers. What's really going on? And sometimes I'm recognized that oh, I, I I'm I'm a, I'm I'm not t- taking care of my soul. I'm I'm not as connected with the Lord as I need to be. I'm letting anxieties and burdens overtake and overwhelm me instead of resting in God. And I can recognize what the root issue is. The issue is not. You, you know, what the kids are doing or how they're behaving, and that's not what's causing me to act the way I'm acting. The issue's my heart and what's inside of me that's causing that. And in this issue, this, this issue with Israel, we can, can look at it and mistakenly think that the issue's about land, mistakenly think that the issue's about governments, the issue's about policies, and that there's somehow going to be some way to orchestrate all of that, that everybody will be happy and there'll be peace. As Christians, what I want you to know and what I want you to recognize and what I want you to be aware of is that that is not the root of the issue. The root of the issue we find in Scripture, and this is a demonically motivated event. This isn't about... This isn't, is, isn't about land or governments. This is it, and it connects into the scripture that I'll read again later, but Deuteronomy 14:2 says, "You have been set apart as holy to the Lord your God and he has chosen you from all the nations of the earth to be his own special treasure." What happens is there's a people group who have been Picked and selected by the one true God. And there are dark, demonic forces in this world who hate that. And when they walk into people's homes and behead babies, when they walk into people's homes and, and, and rape women, when they walk into places, it has nothing to do with politics or land or revenge. It is everything to do with demonic forces who want to kill the people of God. The same demonic motivation that caused the Jewish people to be to be focused on in the 1940s is the same demonic force that is at work, not only in Israel, but that's causing, if you've been paying attention, in Australia, there have been chants in the streets, gas the Jews. Did you, have you seen that? That there are professors in our country posting on X, which is Twitter for those of you who don't pay attention, posting that what Hamas did to the Jewish people, um, a number of days ago, when they just killed innocent people, that every that anybody who supports Israel right now should receive that same treatment. That they should be brutally tortured and their families tortured and killed. That that's being the cry in our country right now. We've got to recognize what is happening here. This is a, this is a demonic spiritual, dark spiritual force at work. And that doesn't cause us to be fearful, but it needs to cause us to pray. And, uh, and to recognize, too, as we believe that, it, that, that Jesus will return again and he's going to reset all of this. And that the, those moments could be now. We, we have no idea. But those moments could be now. The last thing I'll say is that God loves all people. And Jesus died for all people. And in all parties that are uh, at war against each other, those who, at all parties, Jesus died for them. And the only hope for any of this is for Jesus to save lives and to save souls. And we're going to keep praying for that. There's been great testimonies already of people coming to know the Lord through this. And we continue to pray for that as well. Is that everything I wanted to say? <laughs> How am I going to preach today? Listen, you're going to hold on to your seats. It's going to be fast. Um, I'm going to talk fast. It's going to be as long as normal, but I'm going to talk really fast. Uh, Listen, will you close your eyes? Can we pray? And then we'll jump into the word. Jesus, we love you. And the scripture talks about over and over and over again of how evil is going to increase as we get closer to the day of your return. We pray, Lord Jesus, come now. And if you don't, we know what you've written in the book of Peter, that your patience means salvation, that you're not willing for any should perish, that any would perish. And so you're holding out, you're holding back, you're delaying. And though we're, we see suffering and we see pain, we know that it's only continuing because there are more people that you have yet to save. Jesus, may your word be preached. Continue to send Christians, continue to send missionaries, continue to send angels, continue to speak in dreams, continue to bring the joy of salvation to those who are looking and willing to listen. We love you, Jesus, and we praise your name, the name of the only Savior, the name of God's only Son, the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, listen, let's jump into that to a clip from a Disney movie, all right? Hey, let's watch. Ernesto de la Cruz, the greatest musician of all time. Right here in this very plaza, the young Ernesto de la Cruz took his first steps toward becoming the most beloved singer in Mexican history. He started out a nobody from Santa Cecilia, like me. But when he played music, he made people fall in love with him. He starred in movies. He had the coolest guitar. He could fly. And he wrote the best songs. But my all-time favorite, it's... Remember me. Remember me. Though I have to say goodbye, remember me. Remember me. Don't let it make you cry. Or even if I'm far away, I hold you in my heart. I sing a secret song to you, each night we are apart. Remember me. Remember me. Though I have to travel far, remember me. remember me. Each time you hear a sad guitar, know that I'm with you way that I can be until you're in my arms again he lived the kind of life you dream about me. until 1942 me. when he was crushed by a giant bell I want to be just like him Listen, church, um, first, I wanna make sure that I give a thank you to Pastor Victoria, who was prepared to preach today in case our plane didn't arrive. And I wanna thank you, I told you uh, two weeks ago, please pray because every flight I've been on have been delayed, and listen, God heard your prayers and our flight left early. I don't know if you've ever even heard of such a thing. We got, we got, we landed in Boston uh, early, which was absolutely amazing. And Pastor Victoria, um, uh, she prepared the bulk of this message. So thank you, Pastor Victoria, for being willing for your help this week and uh, for uh, man, just for for everything that you do here at the church. Our villain, yeah, well, yeah, Pastor Victoria. <laughs> This week, uh, the movie is Coco, and the villain is Ernesto de la Cruz, and he was talented, and he was well-loved. He was a celebrity, and obviously, he <laughs> died tragically, you guys thought that was funny, um, and what we don't see in this clip, and what we don't see for, for much of the movie, is the secrets he was holding on to. Outwardly, he was excellent. He was excellent in public relations and his PR. He was excellent at making people feel good. He's very charismatic, made people feel warm, made people, what did he say? He made people fall in love with him. As great as a person as he might seem externally, inwardly, he was a villain. His soul was dark. And this morning, we'll eventually get to why he was considered a bad guy. We'll show you a clip from that part of the movie. But in scripture, there's what we're what we're always looking at in the scripture is someone who was similar, probably someone that this was based off of. And this is the person who did everything right. He he looked the part, he dressed the part, he acted the part. And he he was a part of the group, but he was not actually set apart. He walked alongside Jesus, and you may be familiar with his name. His name was Judas Iscariot. What I want you to know, if you're not familiar with the Bible, is that Judas was not a fictional character, and the, he, this was not, the account of his life was not a, a fictional story. He was a man who really did the things to Jesus that you've heard about, and if you haven't heard that, we'll tell you today. Jesus is, uh, Judas is identified in Matthew chapter 10 as one of Jesus's 12 disciples, and what does that mean? It means of the people that were close to Jesus on earth, he was one of the 12 closest people. He would be living life by Jesus's side, learning from Jesus, eating with Jesus, and walking with Jesus. And what we what we begin to understand Ernesto, when we begin to go through the story. I want to show you another clip. And In this clip, we've got the main character, Miguel, and he is trying to get to the, um, I don't remember what they call in the movie, but get to the afterlife to meet with Ernesto de la Cruz. And so let's show you this clip. Hey, Negrete, infante. Have you met my great-great-grandson? My great-great-grandson. He's alive and a musician to boot. Dimple? No dimple. Dimple? Not dimple? No dimple. No dimple. You are friendship. Okay. I, will I will move, move heaven and earth, earth for you, amigo. Salud. Easy. You know, I did all my own stats. So I have In to say goodbye, remember me. In this clip here, um, Miguel's with his hero and... And and he it's everything he'd hoped it would be. And he thinks you know, his hero, his 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 great grandfather, and he's spending all these memories experiencing all these things with him. I want you to think for for a moment how cool it would be for you if you got to spend time with Jesus like Judas did. How cool it would be for you if you were one of his 12 disciples, if you had the opportunity to be with him face to face. And for over three years, Judas did that. He traveled with him. He heard his teaching. He witnessed his miracles. He shared meals, laughter, memories. Now, I I mentioned this a second, but I want to focus on this part. As we begin, I want you to begin thinking about you and processing your life. Here's something that I want you to think through or to understand. To be a part or to act the part is not the same as being set apart. And this idea set apart, it comes from Scripture a few different places, but one of them that I read moments ago was in Deuteronomy chapter 14. It says, you have been set apart as holy to the Lord your God. And he has chosen you from all the nations of the earth to be his own special treasure. And there is an application to the Jewish people. But we know that we've been adopted in. That this is for us as well. That God has set us apart as a royal priesthood, as a holy nation, as a peculiar people. He has set us apart he's defined he's marked us as his own and it is a difference to be a part of what's going on there's a difference between being a part of what's happening being around everything and actually being set apart from God looking back at scripture this uh, in Matthew, when it identifies Judas as a disciple, it also lets us know ahead of time, hey, Judas, this is the guy that be- betrayed Jesus. We question that if you've never wrestled, wrestle with it now. How could someone who is so close to Jesus betray him? Like, I know what he's done in my life. I know the change he made in my life, the the depression that he healed, the the, the, the dark times that he's walked with me through, the sorrow that he's comforted me through, the great victories that he's allowed me to be a part of, just the, the presence of God last week when I was in another country. I've, I know how great that is. But how could someone who've, who's experienced that betray him? How could Judas, who was with him face to face, who had Jesus hug him, and take care of him, and speak life into him, how could he betray him? In the movie, Coco de la Cruz, has some of his backstory is he has a best friend. And his best friend is writing songs for him, and all the famous songs that Ernesto de la Cruz has written, and, and all the fame that he's experienced has been from his best friend. And what begins to happen, what we begin to see is that Ernesto, though outwardly now, he was receiving all this fame and all this accolades, inwardly he was growing far away from his friend. No matter how well you make your external life Look, your internal life will always leak out. Judas, he looked the part. He was in the group. When uh, when Jesus said, tonight one of you is going to betray me, the other 11, they didn't know who Jesus was talking about because externally he was hiding it. So good. They didn't know. It was not like, you know, one of you is going to betray Jesus. Never know. Like, probably that guy over there. Probably the one with the, with the uh, pent- pentagram tattoo on his neck. That's probably going to be the one. No, they had no idea because externally he looked and acted just like them. He said everything that they said. He did everything that they did. But yet his heart wasn't for Jesus. There's this interesting portion of scripture about Judas that I want to read to you. It's in John chapter 12. And it'll be three verses here that we're going to look at. But Jesus is at this dinner, and Mary, she becomes overwhelmed, really. As maybe you've experienced before, when, if you've ever cried in church, this is probably what Mary's feeling as Jesus is eating dinner in her house and she begins to worship him. What she does is she takes a 12 ounce jar of perfume. It was, in scripture, it says it was made from the essence of nard, which to us in our culture doesn't mean anything. But what we need to know is this was very, very expensive. She takes it and she pours. That entire bottle over Jesus' feet. She wipes her feet, his feet with her hair, and she's worshiping him. And Judas's response toward this was a little bit disgusted. His response toward this, he didn't say like, this lady's a freak. No, but he began to wrap his heart around some spiritual language, as we tend to do. For instance, when we say, when we're gossiping, right? What do we say? Will you, man, I'm really concerned for so-and-so. You, will you pray for them? I think, right? We wrap it in spiritual language. We're not concerned for them. We're not actually praying for them. We're gossiping them, gossiping about them. And so what does he say? So uh, verse number four, John chapter 12, verse number four, Judas Iscariot, the disciple who would soon betray Jesus said, that perfume was worth, a year's wage. It should have been sold and the money given to the poor. He makes a good point. That's a lot of money to just dump on the ground. But he has no concern for poor people. What we begin to see is, in verse number six, as they recount the situation and the understanding of what's going on verse number six, it was not that Judas cared for the poor. He was a thief. And since he was in charge of the disciples' money, he often stole some for himself. Judas had earned the, um, the position in, the, in Jesus' ministry as the guy who handled the money. He was the treasurer. He was the bookkeeper. And he was skimming off the top for himself. And when he saw that perfume being poured out in worship for Jesus, he had no concern for the poor. His concern was for the money he was losing. Do we could sell that a year's wage. I could probably skim 50% of that off. He's doing the calculations in his head on how much he's losing. Outwardly, we care about poor people. I love poor people. And it sounds spiritual, but inwardly, there's no hiding from God. I've been back and forth on on sharing this, but don't share the picture yet. Let me me tell the story. I've been back and forth on sharing this picture and I don't know the person who made this comment. It was a Facebook comment. I don't want you trying to figure out who it was. I was—I tried to make very sure that this person doesn't go to our church. All right? If you do, be rebuked. <laughs> uh, but um, my boys, they, they have a heart for kingdom builders and raising money for kingdom builders. And um Uh, which I deeply appreciate, and I often try to talk them down, all right? Um, Probably for the same reasons. Like, uh, guys, anyway, Uh, recently they posted another video. At the beginning of the month, they posted a video saying, here's our goal to the end of the year. Here's the opportunities you can have to participate in that to the end of the year. And um, in the midst of that, so it's a raising money for WorldServe, for Kingdom Builders, uh, someone posted this comment. Do you do anything for the homeless and starving souls in America? Question mark. And then two people liked it, and, uh, which sounds so, wo- so wonderful. And if I wasn't lead pastor of Restoration Church, what I would have typed was, Do you? These kids are, are, their goal is to give $50,000 to Kingdom Builders this year. What have you given? That was the, that was how I wanted to respond in. Here's how I responded. I didn't say nothing. I just used that as a sermon illustration. <laughs> but right, it, it just sounds so, oh, good for you, what you're doing. But what about the people over here? And that is really an attitude that can that does kind of creep into the church for a little bit. Mean, you may have even felt it. Why are we giving money to why are we giving money to the um, to church in Cuba? Don't you know we need new carpet in the Dover lobby? Don't you don't you know that we could be using that to do outreach in our community? Don't you know that our 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 Trump said just from 1945, not in the good antique classic way, but in a sad way. And don't you know? and, And we begin to think like, why are we doing all that for them? What about the needs we have here? And we've got to recognize that statement is not coming out of a good place in our heart. Our concern when we're communicating that way is not actually for the lost people in our community. What is it coming out of? Uh, That's maybe a similar place in Judas's heart. What about my comfort? What about my needs? What about my wants? What about me? We've got to recognize theologically, practically, God owns everything. God owns it all. And I think I'm going to preach this to myself right now as much as I'm going to preach it to you If we send $15,000 to Cuba, God says, okay, I'll take care of you. And when we take our perfume and dump it at the feet of Jesus, or we take what's precious to us and we give it and offer it to Jesus, there's a greater blessing for that. Than anything else we could have spent our money on, and we are obviously not a church that neglects and doesn't care about our own community. If you gave your life at, if you gave to life, if you gave your life to Jesus at Restoration Church at any point, whether it was recent or thirty-five decades ago, will you raise your hand? Every location you gave life to Jesus at Restoration Church, yeah. We're preaching Jesus. Dela Cruz, he has a best friend. The best friend wrote the songs that got him in the spotlight, but when his friend said, "I'm done. I'm retiring, I'm leaving." All of a sudden, Dela Cruz couldn't let that happen. This is what happened next. I got homesick, and I packed up my songs. You want to give up now when we're this close to reaching our dream, this was your dream. I can't do this without your songs, Hector. I'm going home Ernesto. Hate me if you want. But my mind is made up. Oh, I could never hate you. If you must go, then I'm... I'm sending you off with a toast. To our friendship. I would move heaven and earth for you, mi amigo. Salud! You walked me to the train station, but I felt a pain in my stomach. I thought it must have been something I ate. Perhaps it was that chorizo, my friend. Or something I drank. I woke up dead. I experienced something similar when I was in Cuba. (laughs) I forget what they called it, but it was... uh, uh, Azure de Kanye, it's Kanye, Kenya. Kanye. I do not know what it was at first, but I knew I took one sip of it, and that was a mistake. <laughs> Perhaps I've been poisoned. Perhaps it was the sugarcane juice, and it was. But listen, he he betrays his friend. He kills his friend. Everything he had was from his friend. He. Kills his friend to keep those songs, to keep the fame going. Judas betrays Jesus because he loves money. And when he recognizes that Jesus' popularity scale was going up, 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 I'm going to jump on those curtails. All of a sudden, he recognized, wait a minute, stock's dropping on this guy. The popularity is going down, and it's going down fast. He did like you might do. He's like, I'm going to buy out of this stock. Before I can get nothing out of this, I need to cash this in. So he betrays Jesus. He agrees to make a false report against Jesus to give them, the, the Jewish leaders, a reason to arrest him. Because they couldn't arrest Jesus for no reason. But now they had one of his 12 saying, yeah, bad dude, heretical. He, and, he, and, he, and he's agreeing to to be a witness, he does that for 30 shekels of silver, which was very little money. It was not a lot of money. Because what did he care about? Money was his love. Money's what he wanted. Ernesto didn't care about his friend. He cared about his fame. We look at our lives What are we willing to sell out for? Jesus, I'm going to follow you, but man, as soon as I get something better, I'm going to chase that. Jesus, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. Oh, wait a minute. It's not popular to be Christian anymore. I'm not one of them. Jesus, I'm on board. I'm here. I'm going to just step back a little bit and reevaluate being set apart is different than being a part. You can be part of the crowd, part of what's happening, but being set apart for Jesus is different. We may not be betraying people. We may not be poisoning people. And I, and I, I just believe with a pure heart, my, the Cubans were not doing that on purpose. <laughs> Only God knows. Um. Pastor, your sermon, so convicting, so good. so <laughs> can some use. <cane juice. laughs> um, but listen to this scripture. The apostle John, who is one of the disciples who followed Jesus, to the very end, never turned away from him, not for a moment. That's who I want to be like. He wrote this. This is the message we have heard from Jesus and proclaim to you that God is light. And in him there is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship while, with him while we walk in darkness, we lie do not practice the truth. If, if outwardly we're telling, yeah, I'm one of him, I'm one of him, one of him, but inwardly there's darkness. We're not practicing the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin, which is a beautiful thing. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. I invite the band to come up, and a couple of things about this scripture as they're getting into place. Verse number six, if we say we have fellowship with him or we walk in darkness, listen, we can live a life that looks good and perfect to everyone in the room. We can tell all the people we know that we're followers of Jesus, but if we continue to walk in darkness, if we continue to walk in sin, then we're lying. Judas, he was there. He was apart, but again, he was not set apart. He walked in darkness. Luke chapter 12, verses two and three says, the time is coming when everything that is covered up will be revealed and all that is in secret will be made known to all. Whatever you have said in the dark will be heard in the light and what you have whispered behind closed doors will be shouted from the housetops for all to hear. This is not a threat, all right? This is not a in your face like challenge, like you better, <laughs> we're gonna find out. Listen, we love to walk with people through confession. It's a much more difficult thing to walk with people when they've been caught. And we're not concerned about how you're living your life. We're just saying, do you want to follow Jesus? Let's follow Jesus then. And let's help you do that. You don't have to pretend if you don't want to follow Jesus, we're not going to start hating you. Just don't come. Go live however you want to live your life. I'll still be your friend we'll still talk to you we'll be nice to you we're not going to hate you if you decide i'm not going to follow jesus anymore i'm going to live i'm going to live the prodigal life i'm going to go do it our concern is not controlling you our concern is helping your soul to be set free and i'm going to say something to you that maybe you've never heard maybe you've never believed i need this to sink in deep into your deep 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 into your heart it is easier to be set apart than it is to play the part. And you, some of you, you're trying so hard to keep your lies hidden. Trying so hard to keep your lies hidden. You're so afraid of getting caught. You're so afraid of getting found out. I mean, you're, you can't even keep, you gotta delete your t- text messages. You gotta delete your, your web, your incognito. You're doing all these things. You're, you're hiding, you're, you can't even keep it straight. And the pressure and the anxiety that's overtaking you trying to keep the outward appearance. You don't have to do that because the blood of Jesus cleanses us from our sin. Instead of being a part, instead of acting and playing the part, you can just confess your sin to Jesus and be set apart. Instead of acting religious and acting like you have it all together, you could just give your heart and life to Jesus and be one of His. You don't just have to act like one of His. It says in verse number nine, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Judas was so broken over what he had done to Jesus, he, he took his own life. He never spent any of that money. He gave it back committed suicide. I don't, here, here's what we know about Jesus. If Judas hadn't have taken his own life, when Jesus re- resurrected, Judas would have been one of the first people we went and visited. Because Jesus didn't hate Judas. He didn't hate him after. He didn't hate him before. And he would have did like he did for Peter, cooked him some breakfast, Did we read that in another part of scripture. And I can imagine the response that Judas would have had at the loving kindness that Jesus was extending to him. I can imagine it because I've been there, as I've sat in a church service and confessed my sin to God and allowed him to love me and wash me clean and the deep joy i felt from that the deep gratitude i felt from that we wrongly think that god hates us that jesus hates us that he's disappointed at us that he's mad at us but listen he loves you He died on the cross for you. He wants everything to set your soul free. He wants everything to set you apart. He wants everything to love you and to care for you and to grow you. Playing the part, acting the part is hard. Being set apart is easy. It just starts with a prayer. If you close your eyes right now, we're gonna pray, but you're feeling that I've got, man, I am lying and I am hiding. Don't lie anymore. Get your location, pastor. Get your your circle leader. Tell them, I've I've been hiding this addiction. I've been looking at these things. I've got this, I'm being unfaithful in my relationship. I've, I've been stealing. I've been confessed with someone. Allow them to love you. What that does is it takes the enemy's hooks out of you. confess what's going on to Jesus and allow him to lift up your head allow him to minister to your soul allow his blood to cleanse away all of your sin all of your iniquity Jesus we love you and for those this morning needing you there are those who are saying I'm giving my life to Jesus today I'm not running anymore. I'm not pretending anymore. All they need to do is ask, Jesus, will you be my savior? Will you forgive my sins? I believe that you're good, son, and I ask you to be my God. And you do it. You receive them. You forgive them. You adopt them, and they are now set apart. They've been in the room. They've been part of the group, but now they are one of yours. Jesus, for those who are hiding sin, maybe they've been hiding it for a long time. Maybe the consequences are going to be great to confess it. I pray they wouldn't hide it anymore. But they'd enter that path to freedom, that path of surrender, that path, God, of allowing you to make what's in their heart be true to what's outward in their life. God, make us have integrity that our outside and our inside match changes all in Jesus name we pray amen